Hello, everybody. You have Jake and Seth, and today we will be discussing the 1991 American romantic comedy fantasy film about a man who finds himself on trial in the afterlife, where proceedings examine his lifelong fears to determine whether he'll be yet again reincarnated on Earth. Written, directed, and starring Albert Brooks, the film also stars Meryl Streep, Rip Torn, Lee Grant, and Buck Henry. Uh, and despite comedic overtone tones, the film contains elements of drama and allegory. Thank you for that wonderful synopsis, Wikipedia. Uh, the film has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes and made $16 million at the box office. Um, I don't know what the budget was, uh, but assuming it's good, just $16 million was good, um, given the fact that I doubt this movie was made for more than $5 million. Um, I, Brooks struggled, struggled to get this made, for sure. So he, it was a tight budget, I'm sure. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. And he kept making movies after this, so I'm sure he did just fine. Um, my first reaction, Seth recommended this film. My first reaction was um, I liked it. it I, I do think I really did like it. To me, though, it felt kind of more like a play or like an experimental show. I just felt like they tried to compress too much into a single movie between the legal aspect, the moral questions, the romance, the political court slash subplot, like who was judging him. Um, I ultimately, I kind of felt a little, little overwhelmed by subplots and underwhelmed with the emotions. But okay. with that being said, I really liked the cast and I liked the movie. Like, But I just felt like there was a lot going on. There, yeah, so you know, it's it's interesting. It's definitely a high concept movie, um, but it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like you're watching like a Woody Allen movie, you know, where it's like all oh, the existentialism of life or anything like that. And so the fact that Brooks kind of takes this high concept and then he wraps it with like basically a romantic comedy, um, I think kind of like it gives it this kind of interesting tone. Um, and I also think like the fact that he landed Meryl Streep to to be his counterpart was just like huge because not only is she an amazing actress, but I think the two of them had like pretty good chemistry in the movie. And honestly, like those are probably the scenes I like best are the scenes between him and her. Um, it's also weirdly like a courtroom drama movie because <laughs> he's on trial for his life or whatever. Um, those courtroom scenes, I think are, some of them are funny and some of them work. Um, but also some of it kind of leaves me a little bit puzzled in terms of like what they're looking for, for this guy to like prove that his life was w well lived or whatever. Um, I think it's a little bit too focused on like, you have to overcome your fears. Like, I don't know why that's the rule that like humans can't have fears anymore. Um, there's also this whole thing that like, as people go through multiple lives, their brains develop and most of us are only using 3% of their brains, but like Rip Torn's using I don't know, 70 or 80% of his brain or something. And so he's like way more advanced than, than us normies are. Um, funny concept, but again, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think for me, like the part of the concept I get hung up on is just like, why do we have to overcome our fears? Like, why is that the thing that like we're being judged on so much by these people? Um, but again, I, I do think like, it's so weird because like you're in a purgatory place or whatever, but the, the romance between Streep and Brooks, I think works really well. It's funny. Um, first of all, I agree. 
their chemistry is great. And that was two things. One, Meryl Streep's such... She's beautiful. Like, I never... For somebody that's, like, that great of a dramatic actress to just also be like, you know what? I could do a funny rom-com. You know, like, she could have done ten of those type of movies, right? That's what I was thinking. Like, I knew she was in that movie... um, a couple of years later with Bruce Willis and Goldie Hawn, but it's more of like a dramedy, like a dark comedy, but she was so, I was just so shocked at how much I loved her in this role. And I love Meryl Streep. It's not like, yeah. Oh, like, and I've seen her do romantic, but like to see her in a, in this high concept fantasy, goofy comedy, and to see her, like, not only doing it, but, like, knocking it out of the park. Like, I actually think yeah. she does a better job of nailing the tone of this story than Albert Brooks, who wrote, directed, and starred in the main role. Like, I think she actually, or to, to rephrase that, I vibed with her the most. She, yeah. to me, yeah. felt like the protagonist. And I, like, she made that world real for me. Like, it, she made it feel sincere. She made it feel authentic. She made it feel organic. Um, and I think that was really important for how high concept it was. Yeah. And it's like, it's one of those movies for her where it's like, it makes her other role, it makes you appreciate her other roles a lot more because it's just like, she's having, she seems like she's having so much fun. She lets you as a viewer have fun with her. She just seems like such a cool person to hang out with and such like a genuine person. That's like, she doesn't have to go into like, the depth the depths that she does with a lot of her other characters and so the fact that she can do this kind of like light-hearted type of movie and be just so you know so enjoyable to watch um again like i the the home run that brooks hit is is getting her to do the movie with him agreed like she's just charming like every time she's on the screen like i'm smiling and i'm already struggling trying to decipher or trying to describe it what she does best is she is she's the girl she's the she's playing the beautiful blonde at the same time i believe that albert brooks can get her and that's not like and the reason i believe that is because she's so nice like and the chemistry she has with him and i believe that even though they that's the whole point of the film like but like they shouldn't be together but it makes sense and i could see why not because of him, because obviously who wouldn't want to be with her, but because of her. I could see this woman genuinely liking the schlubby Albert Brooks. <laughs> it's it, like, it is that kind of thing where it's like for kind of this nebbish, you know, comedic guy for him to like, it just seems like she, every joke he tells like lands the right way with her. And then as the viewer, it's like you start to find Albert Brooks more funny too. Cause you're like, Oh, she's into this. Like I, uh, maybe I, you know, I'm enjoying his humor as well. And like, I do, I think Albert Brooks is a, somewhat of a genius in comedy i think he approaches things differently than a lot of other comedians do um and also like thinks more deeply about things than a lot of other comedians would um so he's like intelligent in a way that you wouldn't expect and a lot of that's like on display in this movie um but yeah like the chemistry between the two of them you i honestly made made me want to like i wish that they had done more movies together you know i know brooks goes on to do like lost in america i think not too long after this and like Meryl Streep could have been the the wife in that movie too. Like I could have watched two or three more movies with the two of them together. I could have too. And like, I know we just kind of, I could have seen them together even more surprised. I just didn't see 
Meryl Streep in more? Uh, I'll be honest, I haven't seen a ton of his films. Um, but like, I saw his film Mother. Oh yeah, that's a good movie. Mom, yeah, yeah, which is like, I loved it. I actually yeah. really liked that. I've seen The Muse, which I also really liked. Um, when I was younger, I didn't appreciate that he was like writing, directing all of it. Right. Um, appreciate that. Appreciate his comedy. Appreciate his style. Appreciate that he. Again, he likes to write and direct and everything he in everything that he does. Um, it's interesting though, like you mentioned, to me his comedy, and I'm sure people who know either of these comedians would probably punch me in the face. But from the way it feels, he reminds me of I guess three comedians. It reminds me of Seinfeld, like not only Seinfeld's comedy but also the show. Yeah, in kind of like the mundaneness. It, not it doesn't have the wit. It doesn't have the, I know what you're saying, yeah, or that acid tones that like Larry David has, but it reminds me more so. I guess more so Seinfeld, it's like actual comedy. It's like observational. It's like slice of life, but it also like sometimes it's like a little deeper. It's like what is that? Yeah, I'm losing myself here, but that's what it is. It's very approachable. There's no cursing. Yeah, but it can also be smart. Yes. Yeah, agreed. And that can be like a tough line to walk sometimes, but I do think he he pulls it off pretty well. Um, and yeah, I mean, in terms of like what's actually happening in the movie, and it's like, okay, so at the end of your life, you like go on trial and you have to kind of like prove out that like you've you've developed kind of or like overcome your fears and you're ready to kind of move on to the next level or something, which they never, you know, he does a good job of like not trying to describe what's going to happen next one way or the other. It's like, it just sounds like you either kind of get reincarnated and get a, another shot at, at your life or you go to this other place. Right. Um, and so, I mean, I think those, those trial scenes again, like I think Rip Torn's really funny. Um, I also think the part where like he doesn't show up and that other lawyer does and like the other lawyer just doesn't defend him at all. <laughs> and Albert Brooks is just like, what the fuck? Uh, I always I enjoy that, but you know, loved that the, <laughs> his whole reaction, like the way the guy, and I just reminded me, not no one's been in that situation, but it, anyone who's like dealt with bureaucracy and just felt totally helpless, <laughs> like oh let me get you the manager. It's like you go to the manager. It's like let me get you my uh, my my manager. Oh, they're on lunch right now. It just I totally like I could yeah he just has no he's no nowhere else to go he has no other cards to play he's just like well like uh you know this is the person and he's not gonna say a word Uh, it's just kind (laughs) of like he just gets hung out to dry in that scene um he's also he's just a really funny guy to watch like um like go through something like that for whatever reason he's just over analytical and everything and so um yeah I mean I don't like personally like. I would not want to, if I was put in that trial, I don't think I would come out very well either. Like, I don't know that I'd be like, oh, he overcame all his fears or something. You know, I think I'd be going back to earth. (laughs) Well, this is why, like, the thing for me, uh, it wouldn't have been an option then because TV isn't where, isn't, TV wasn't, TV's come a long way since this movie came out. But, that's why I felt like this would have made more sense as a show. Cause like you yeah. need time. Like what is that fear? Like to t- see the a fears either develop over these different lives. Like there are a couple of different things they could have done, but to your point, I feel like the strengths and the weakness of the show of the movie are the same thing. 
it's how they handled it's like they built this high concept but they keep the stakes and details vague enough that it's accessible for everyone yeah but at the same time it like robs it of any meaning like any any substantial meaning because it's just so vague like that's kind of how i feel like yeah you're right it's like and this is something i always say about high concept movies where it's like it's one thing to create the concept right and and come up with that but then you also have to like advance it to for it to really like make a difference or like have an impact you can't just have the concept and like end your movie like you have to go somewhere with that you know um and you know i think that's where like like something like blade runner right it's like here's a high concept of people can we create androids with people it's like they go beyond that right and they, they push that further by the end of the movie um whereas like i know i know people love this movie but i've always been critical of it that movie children of men again another high concept where it's like women are no longer having babies I think it's a really good movie and like there's great cinematography and great scenes in that movie, but they never advance beyond that original concept. Like it just kind of ends the way it ends. And it's like, they never kind of like go somewhere deeper. And so I think you're right. Like this is kind of falls into that same trap where it's like, and also too, like, you know how this movie's going to end, you know, that Streep and, and Brooks are going to get together and whatever that means inside of purgatory or wherever they are, like you can kind of, read where the movie's headed right so you're not really surprised with anything that happens at the end of it two things i love children of men we need to do that um (laughs) but number number two you're right with children of men like that to me i'm not gonna I'm, i'm on the spot but to me children of men it has this high concept but the story it's more I don't want to say fairy tale, but it's a hopeful message. It's not pushing. Yeah. I think that they're not digging deeper to peel anything back. Like to your point. Yeah. Like Blade Runner, just to stick with this, Blade Runner, it has the concept. And to me, it pushes it depending on what version you see. But the, the one I like, what's human? Yeah, like, that's what, like, yeah, and that end scene with Rutger Hauer and Harrison Ford, yeah. it's really like this machine now has more empathy than the human, right? And it's like it's it's kind of like evolved into this other thing, and so that's what's so interesting to me about that movie, um, because it does it takes the concept of like a machine human being into like what does humanity really mean and all of that kind of stuff. Well, and that building off that that and like my takeaway from Blade Runner is the tragedy is the wrong. In forgetting what was he a replicant or not, but assuming right. Deckard's not, yeah, the wrong person died. The yeah. best person died on that roof. Yeah, he saved the person who was trying to kill him because that was the last act he could do, and he chose to do good. Like I'm saying it now, I'm getting the chills. Like, yeah, exactly. That's so impactful. <laughs> like it is, and I, not that I'm expecting this to reach that height, but like to your point, you have this cool concept but it never lets itself be anything more than this nice, like, rom-com. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, like, yeah, I don't think Brooks was going for anything more than that. Like, you can kind of tell, like, he's trying to get his comedy in there. He's trying to keep it light. Um, But you could, like, I think subtextually, you can also see, like, he does think about life more deeply than, like, I think a lot of other people do. And so, like, you know, I think if he was if he wasn't a comedian and he was just a writer director, I think it'd be a much different movie. I think he would try to make something that like pushes the boundaries or something. But I think because he has that like comedic background, he was like, I want to do a rom-com. I just want to do it with like something smarter happening, you know? 
And like, if you compare it to rom-coms at the time, it is, I mean, you know, whether you want to talk about like when Harry met Sally or whatever other rom-coms are coming out in the eighties, like they're not, they don't have that depth of intelligence to them the way that this movie does. It has intelligence and earnestness, which is like not, not always like what yeah. you want in a rom-com, but it, it has it and it really goes well together here. Yeah. You, you said it, his films are smart. Like I never put it like his films are smart and not in like a way where you need to like have got like read Latin to understand it, but smart and like they're accessible, but intelligent. Yeah. It's the best type of smart. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I love that too, where it's like, it's smart, but it's not highbrow. Like it's accessible to anybody, you know? You, you know, that I always just think of his movie, The Mother. Yeah. And like, there's this whole lame thing, but there's this whole like scene slash joke about, ice and like how if you leave ice cream in too long you have the device on the top yeah. <laughs> it's an incredible joke and like i'm not <laughs> gonna go into it here but like it is every time i see it i think of it like it's smart and it's sticky it's, it's like smart. a sticky I always, every time i see like old ice cream in the freezer too i always think of that scene as well and i'm always, it's so funny that like it wasn't a big movie but he really does like capture that one concept like perfectly where it's like it's going to have the freezer burn. His mom's like, you just scrape it off. And it's like, okay. <laughs> and this is funny. I don't know if you've seen um, the episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm that he's on. He's in like one oh, or yeah, two I've, episodes. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. He plays a hoarder. He plays like a, a supplies hoarder yeah. during COVID. <laughs> COVID and hoarder. now I think of him every time that happens. Because like that's, because those people do exist. And again, he's like, it's he's an interesting guy. He's a real, he hasn't done a lot, like in terms of the grand scheme of, actors over his career but he's sticky he was yeah. also in um oh driver yeah he's, he's a great driver. He's, driver. he's great yeah again like that's where he's just like just him as a dramatic actor again he's got so many skills like talk about multi-talented like good director good writer could just act in a movie once too also like you think about broadcast news another 80s movie he's great in broadcast news is like the guy that doesn't get helen um hunt you know it's like he's a perfect reporter and like William Hurt just completely overshadows him and it's a similar character honestly to like what he's playing in this movie and he's always kind of playing a version of himself honestly but like when you by the time you get to drive it's like he is actually like really developing a new character I would say he has a bit of that 80s leading man thing going on where it's yeah. the same guy yeah. in most films that's not on him that's every they all did that except it was either funny Arnold or serious Arnold Funny Sly. It's fun. I've, I've always thought of him as like similar to Billy Crystal a little bit too. I think Crystal's a little more like playing to the audience, and um, Brooks is a little more like I'm, I'm doing what I think is like interesting. You know what I mean? So it's funny to say. So uh, this is a story I like to tell. My my wife and her sister are both great chefs, and this is before we started dating. I'm lucky for you. <laughs> I'm very lucky. Um, so before I started dating my wife, but so her and her sister, they had a competition at Thanksgiving one year um, where they challenged each other and the family was going to judge the dish. My sister-in-law made some like amazing stuffed mushroom, like probably restaurant quality. Yeah. My wife made sliders. <laughs> my wife won because she knows people like sliders. Where I'm going with this, that who's the better chef? I don't know. Who's better, Albert Brooks or the Goot or Billy Crystal? <laughs> I don't know. But like, what, where I'm going with this, 
Billy Crystal made more sliders. Yeah. Like I agree with Billy that. Crystal. And I think part of that too is like Albert Brooks, like as a writing directing, like you're yeah. probably going to make a third or a quarter as many movies. Cause if you're doing all that, then you're, then you're doing the pitches. Like you're doing the business aspect too. Even if you're not producer, you're basically producing it. And like, I guess where I'm going, I love Albert Brooks. I wouldn't have minded if he was a mercenary and a few more things. Like, I, and I actually, I heard him in an interview once, um, and he was kind of describing. He was he was talking to his agent, um, and his agent asked him like, "Why do you always take the hard road? Like, you're always taking the hard fucking road. Like, you got to do it your way. You got to make your movie." And it's like, "Why don't you just take the easy road and make some money?" And Brooks's response was like, "I only see one road." He was like, "I only see one road," and it's like. You can tell that's a guy. It's like he was following his creative passions. You know, you're totally right. Like he could have been a mercenary. He could have been in more movies. He probably could have. You know, I mean, I don't know if he could have got. I think he did get one Oscar nom um, for Drive, but I like there's just more he could have done it as an actor. Um, but I, I also just like respect and, and appreciate the fact that he did want to create his own stuff and he did want to follow through with it and he fought for it. And like I'm sure there's projects that didn't get made too that he was involved in because like he just. He didn't have a ton of juice in Hollywood. Like, I think he had a little juice. Like, he could get stuff made, you know. But th- these movies, you know, Defending Your Life, Mother, Lost in America, um, In Real Life, like, they're all, I think everybody that watches them appreciates them, but they n- none of them blew up and, like, none of them became blockbusters, you know? Yeah, you nailed it. It's... He... I don't know. I don't know. It's clear he didn't want to be super commercial. Yeah. Like again, and he's had success. He was in Finding Nemo. Like he's been yeah. he's been <laughs> a big movie. <laughs> he's had success. But like to me, I guess for him, my question is, did he not want to be commercial? Or did his taste just not go that way? And based on what you've said, it feels like his taste just didn't fall that way. He I did think- his whole thing. I think he was kind of trying to do the Woody Allen thing. You know, I think he thought he could write and direct and star in movies, which he did. They just, you know, they didn't, you know, Woody's movies just were, had so much more critical acclaim. Um, And so Brooks is kind of in that in between of like, these are critically good movies, but they're also, they're not Oscar winners. And then they're also not big, you know, they're not big box office movies. So you're not going to make a ton of movie money off of them. And then all of a sudden, when you you know approach a producer or whatever to, to make something after you've done four or five of those, it's kind of like, where are you at? Like, are we going for awards? Are we going for money? Like, what are we actually trying to do here? You know, and that's where it gets tough business wise. I think it's funny as we talk about it. Like, this is the type of film, and I'm going to do a gross oversimplification. These are the type of films there used to be a ton more of. Yeah. But to your point, it's like not even the like, okay, it's not a lot of cost, but like if you make a movie for eight million and it's gonna make sixteen back, like that's not like the way these especially the way they think now more like with this like investment mindset, like or or eight and make twenty-five back, like yeah, we can do that, or we can give Steven Spielberg $60 $60 million to go make a $600 million. Like, yeah, exactly. Or, yeah, okay, like, yeah. we'll do that. Yeah, Let, let's make the fugitive for you know 70 million and we'll make 200 million off of it or something. You're right. It's just kind of like the math on that. It's like, sure, maybe we could double our money. Maybe we can make 16 million. That's not a big deal 
if a studio can, you know, produce something for 50 and make 200 plus. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's I feel like I'm being very critical of his career. I, yeah. I guess I'm more so trying to, I feel like we're just, I am, as we're talking now, I understand how he's had this career as someone who's so talented yeah. and also like multifaceted, like writing, directing, like he, he's got, he's got the goods. He does. Yeah. And it's just, he, I think he just fell into a very specific niche that's like, you're not big budget and you're not award spotter and like you're kind of your own thing and like you know you're not jerry seinfeld you're a little below in terms of like name recognition and it's just it's a very niche area for him and as we're talking about this this is woody allen in his prime yeah you've got seinfeld the seinfeld's out at this point uh, you have the Larry Shanling show, which is also like kind of similar. Like yeah, uh, Larry Shan- yeah. You also have like Billy Crystal's kind of blowing up at this point too. Like Harry Met Sally, all, all that, all that's going on, right? And then you, you got the Goot Gutenberg floating yeah. around. Like it, it was a crowded lane. It was definitely it was. a crowded lane. Yeah. Also, you brought up Larry Sanders. I, I wanted to mention briefly Rip Torn coming off of Larry Sanders in, in this movie. I could never get enough Rip Torn, Jake. L- love the guy. Let's just let's stay on Rip for a minute. I first met Rip in um I first met Rip in Men in Black. I think I'd seen yes. him before, but that was the first time where I was like, who is this guy? Rip Torn. And then I the, everyone always says dodgeball. Yeah, he's great in dodgeball. He, which he's great. He's incredible in this. Like this is the first this is the oldest movie I, I remember seeing him in where he had that trunk where it's yeah. like he's rip he's rip torn. He just got that voice. Like he is rip torn. <laughs> Such a good presence. Like it felt like when you hear your old friend, like you're yeah. at a bar or at some place and you hear your old friend before you see him. And that's how I feel every time I hear his voice. Like even if I'm looking at him, like I just have that feeling like, oh, like he's here. Like, I just feel like a kid again. I love it. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I don't know why I love Rip Torn either, but I've always like really just liked him. He's awesome. And I love, uh, there's one little bit they do that I always find funny and it's so dumb, but like that whole bit where Brooke, every, every meal Brooks has is like the most amazing meal he's ever had at this place, right? And he's just like chowing down on the food. And then Rip Torn sits down and like is eating some kind of like alien thing. And Brooks is like, I want to taste it. I want to taste it. He lets him taste it, and it's like horrible. And he's like, Oh, once your brain develops or whatever, you'll enjoy this. It's like I still don't understand what that's about, but I still find it funny for some reason. That that was one of those things. Like, <laughs> that was one of the few aspects of it that I think did think work. Like in how they tackled like the vagueness of it was I was like, because I like that too. That stood out to me as well. I was like, I don't get the joke. But it like it made sense. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's like I don't get the joke, but I I was laughing about it. That, exactly. That's exactly. That's what I thought of a couple of things in the movie, but it was good. It was it was a fun little movie. I would say too, like it's the type of movie if you want to like have your girlfriend or wife, like you want to watch a rom com with her, but you, it's kind of like you want to go a little outside the box. Like I think it's a good movie for that. Like no girl's gonna turn down Prime Meryl Streep in a rom-com you know so that's an immediate you can convince her on it but then also you know it's a high concept movie you might actually have like an interesting conversation once you've watched it and to that point it is it's an interesting concept and also it's a romantic comedy it's far more comedy there's like romance like i feel like romance there's like drama and like tension it's a it's a comedy definitely it's a great date movie it is yeah and like i think too 
I think we kind of forget, like, at the time in the 80s, like, dating culture and movies was like a big, I mean, that was one of the main ways to get people into movie theaters, um, was like, you would go dinner in a movie, right? And so, and I honestly, I think that's really what Brooks was shooting for, was like, he wanted to make a rom-com that wasn't just like basic, it was something like where there was more to it, and like, you know, it could actually contribute to somebody's relationship potentially or something like that, and so... I'm sure when he was like trying to sell this thing, that was the real pitch where it's like, this will get people dating into the movie theater, you know? That, I, as you say that, I believe that and that it's a good pitch. And it's, yeah. they need to have more. Well, that's, we'll say that for a future pod. They need more rom coms in theaters. The what last thing I'll say is there's a new film out, Anyone But You. It was, it's got Glenn Powell, it's got Sydney Sweeney. Oh, yeah, it's out of the preview. Yeah, yeah. It's become a sleeper hit. I saw it in theaters. Um, it's fine. It's an enjoyable rom-com. But the reason I think it's making so much money is they don't make rom-coms anymore. And yeah. so, like, there's a real appetite. Yeah. And watching this movie, again, we won't go into the whole Hollywood's not the same as it used to be, but, like, they don't make adult movies anymore. And, like, rom-coms are part of that. Like, whether yeah. they're raunchy or just date films, like, we need more. And so that that's, like, watching this film... I wish we had more talents. Like, I mean, Albert Brooks today would be crushing it because I feel like. I agree. I, I, if he was he, hooked up with like a streaming service, like if this was released on Netflix modern day, like you could probably remake this movie, honestly, and put it on Netflix. It would probably crush. It would crush. You could remake this. That The whole time I was thinking Netflix remake. Yeah. Netflix remake. Seth, I'll, I'll sell it for you right now. You get a white girl as the lead. Maybe you keep her blonde. We go minority for the male lead, um, or you can keep it keep it white Jewishly. But this is how you go a lot. You throw Michael B. Jordan in there. You know, I could see him doing this. Seth, we could go full four quadrant. We could bring in we could bring in the sidekicks, the friends. Seth, this is ripe it for is. it's right for rebranding, renewal, if you would. I, I mean, if I was Brooks, I would cash that in, right? Like, what are you waiting for? Let somebody, you know. Be an executive producer and let somebody make that thing because it's ready. We're, we're I will say that I feel like the good place kind of stepped on his block, but <laughs> we'll save that for another time. <laughs> you want to do uh, final scores? Yeah, um, final scores. I will go first. Um, I think it's a good movie. I think you know. Again, I, I just like the fact that it's a rom com that does something different than other rom coms. I, I mean, honestly. Meryl Streep in this movie, I know she's got other performances that are legendary, but this is as good a time as that I've ever had with Meryl Streep. Um, I wish we kind of got this version of her like a couple more times because she's just so, I mean, she's beautiful. She's funny. Just a great hang. Just makes you want to spend more time with her, you know, which is just a hard thing to do across the screen. Um, but again, I think she's just a home run in this movie. I can't can't overstate that enough, and like that alone brings up the score for me. I think, um, sure, I, you know, you could you could pull it some of the the story of it or some of the the concept and kind of be like, why is this this way or why is that that way? But at the end of the day, it's like I'm gonna give it like a seven point two. Like I think it's that good of a movie. Um, I would recommend it for anybody like with a date or a wife that wants to watch something different. Oh, I like that score. Um, I'm coming in kind of close, a little. I, I don't know if the barometer is close or not. Close-ish. I'm coming in at 6.3 out of 10. Okay. Um, 
I'm coming in just a little lower. I love Meryl Streep. I really love Rip Torn. <laughs> and I think, uh, and like, the thing for me, though, is overall, as we kind of said before, the concept, I feel like kind of boxed me in from like getting more out of the film than like what's on the page. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like I, I had a hard time gleaning any deeper insights or learnings from the human condition. Um, at the same time, it's a rom-com. So it's like not supposed to like that. That's asking a lot of it. Yeah. Um, so, but again, as, as we've said, and as you said earlier, it's a little weird to put out this high concept. And then I feel like they put out this really high concept and I feel like settle for kind of some lower hanging fruit. Yeah, um, that's a good description. <laughs> that I get, yeah, now that I, I wish I thought of that earlier. But with that being said, it works. Like it's a funny, charming rom com, and like it's also the ending. I think it's like barely ninety minutes or something. It's like a fast movie. That's the other thing. It's enjoyable. Like it's a good, smart, funny movie. Mm-hmm. Like that. I feel like, and I feel like it should be higher than a six point three out of ten. As I say that. But it's good. It's like it's a that's as it is a good movie. I highly recommend it. I think it's good. It's definitely great for like a date film, and it's also good. I watched it solo. It was great as well. Definitely recommend it. Agreed. One other thing <laughs> before we go is just in the very beginning, um, his like death scene where he's like, I forget what song he's listening to, but he's like in a convertible or something, and he's like listening to this like weird song. And then he just gets like hit by a truck. <laughs> Am I remembering this right? Yeah, um, I believe so. Yeah, it's like he's like distracted. Yeah, he drops something, I think, and then he gets hit by the truck. But I was just thinking, like, am I really gonna have to explain like how I died? You know, in the afterlife or whatever that way, where I'm just like, oh, I was hit by a truck, or and, like the way Meryl Streep died too is like some dumb. She was like she drowned or something. I can't remember what happened, but I thought that was interesting that they knew how they died. <laughs> it was. I didn't put too much time into it, but that that is interesting. Like they they didn't spend a lot of time on that, like in the trauma of it, um, or what that was about. They both seemed okay with the fact that they were dead, which was weird. They were. That that was the whole. I, again, I, feel, like, I was I, probably. But that's the part of that's the issue with the concept. Like yeah, they're they're dead, but there's no tension. Like it's I, like it's, yeah. I, that I feel like is the ultimate drawback to the concept. Like because anytime you dig a little deeper. I, I guess the argument could be you're looking at it from a human perspective and they're clearly like in this post-physical world, but oh, whatever. And then right. even on the final like judgment, the, the lawyer pulls a, a like a, a scene from Purgatory where he's like talking to Meryl Streep and I was like, this isn't even his life anymore. Like, you're, you know, I didn't think that was fair, Jake. Didn't feel fair. Didn't feel fair. But we're, we'll save it for the retread when we sure. <laughs> defending your life part two. <laughs> All right. All right, you want to say goodbye to your friends? Goodbye, friends. <laughs>